we continue with part three of our Youth Worker Spotlight with Adam Alfredson. And Adam is going to begin by talking about how he handles heartbreak with young people. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome to part three of our interview with fellow youth worker, Adam Alfredson. In episode 41, we first met Adam and he shared his story of faith and a little bit about the work that he does. In episode 42, Adam offered insights into how he connects with young people, the importance of listening, and how he works to avoid ministry burnout. Today, our interview begins by looking at heartache while serving young people. Adam, when you see heartache or you experience heartache with young people where you see this possibility in them and they want nothing to do with that, or they intentionally choose the opposite way, or they're trying to do better, but they still end up back in trouble and further away from God. How do you handle that heartache? It's a tough one because you've invested so much time into them. And even though they didn't want it, when they come back, they they look at you and they, like like you're disappointed in them. And I think that to me hurts more than anything. Like, no, I'm not disappointed in you because I think everybody else is. Unfortunately, sometimes like, you know, pouring into them and loving them isn't enough because of so much of the negativity around them. I think really, though, honestly, what I do is I, I just love them regardless because really there's not much more you can do, not much more um, it's going to change. Unfortunately, um, you know, some of them are just it's going to take, you know, death or it's going to take somebody close to them, family member, little brother, grandma, somebody to be murdered or hurt severely for them to kind of open their eyes. And even sometimes then it's just immediately retaliate, retaliate. So it's, you know, just continue to speak life to them and just tell them, like, look, you don't have to do this. You don't have. There's another way. Um, you can walk away from it all, but then in their mind, I'm a coward. Then, then you know, then they're gonna come at me, and I'm like, I understand that, but eventually, if there's no fight back, that they ain't going to because it ain't gonna be any fun or challenge for them. I said it's gonna take, it's a process, but you know, in, in the end, that part, that avenue is worth it. But it is, it, it's very, very sad because uh, it, <laughs> I'm tearing up now. But just you know, it, and sometimes you know, unfortunately, you have to just let them be in that mess. And I think that's even harder because it's like, come on, God, like, why not this one, God? Why not, you know, why not break his heart? Why not change him? You know, the time that I've spent on my knees um, crying out over him, why not, you know? And it, and those are those, you know, what we would call in the church, unanswered prayers. Right, right. Know? Or maybe they're not unanswered. And like you said, I don't get to see the answered prayer or, or right. you know, they move away or whatever get put in a program all the way across state and you know somebody else is there that pours into them and and, and gets to reap that or you get that call like oh they're you know they're having a funeral for you know him or her you know on whatever day and it's like man 
man, you know, so it is, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. It is. And I think that like, I know in my heart, I've been called my passion from day one has always been around working with young people. And I feel like we're called and sometimes we get so overzealous or excited in our passion that, you know, we want to, for lack of a better term, we try and save or we try and rescue or whatever. And the reality is when we're talking youth development and young people, they have to be willing to own it. They have to be active in their own process. We can't fix it for young people. They have to want to make changes and shifts and they have to be open to the things, the opportunities or the supports or services that we can help connect them with or place in front of them. I'm guessing there are some young people that really haven't made a connection with you or don't really want to hear just the full gospel story. And we may want to jump right in and start there, but that's not where we can start. Mm -mm. So how do you handle that? I was taught this through, um, obviously over the years and just watching other people minister. But for me, it's always been focused on a relationship first. Even going into the jails or, or into, you know, starting a neighborhood group um, within Youth for Christ or in the schools or things like that. I, I I don't just jump into sharing the gospel at jail sometimes because it's like I may not see this kid, but this time. But it's always just, just finding out things about them, asking, you know, where, where are you from? Where do you live? What do you do? What do you like to do? Um, what are your hobbies? Things like that. Just get to know them on a more personable level, because oftentimes, as you know, nobody cares. No one's asking them things about them. You know, it's more of a listen to me, tell you these things, not tell me something about yourself. And I really want to know just getting to know them and understanding them. And I think that's I'm a very um, I'm a person. I like I like to watch people. So that's how I get to know people. You know, people. Oh, how do you know that about me? Or this? Well, I, I see it. I watch you. I see how you act. I see, you know, when certain things are said, how you react and, and things like that. I, I just know. And, and, and you know, when, when I ask you about yourself and the things that you tell me when your eyes light up, I know you really like that or oh, whatever. So I, I really engage in that and, and, and making them feel important because they are important. You know, let them know that they're important and that their voice matters. You know, one of the things we say is um, words matter and what you have to say matters. Who you are matters. So we want to respect that and, and um, teach, teach you to respect other people in there. Like, look, they matter just as much as you do. And when we can help them understand and that respect is given and not earned, I think it, it, it helps them open up more and be more receptive to the gospel, to who Jesus is and what Jesus wants in their life. Amen. Exactly. What do you wish that adults knew or understood about young people? That um, kind of what I just said, that they matter. And that, that, not that adults don't think that they matter, but I think sometimes I catch my, my own self at times with my children and now I have to step back and reassess is just kind of dismiss what they're saying or hold on because we got to get this. This is more important. Let's do this. No, like their feelings do matter. Like um, I read a post the other day from a, a, a student that I knew from Sioux City. And she said, you know, that, um, you know, when 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 your when your child comes home from school and just sits in their room, um, don't yell at them for being lazy or when they don't want to get out of bed and they want to sleep all day, they're not being lazy. Or, you know, when when they're plugged into their um, to their music and their headphones, they're not they're not ignoring you. They're they're battling with something. They're they're struggling with something that they don't want to get up out of bed because that depression is real. 
or they don't want to go to school because this kid is being mean to them or, or, or whatever. But so just understanding um, just as much how we feel and, our, and our, how valid our emotions and feelings are, it's the same as, as, as young people, you know, just because they're younger, we, you know, I hear it a lot is that, Oh, you, what could you possibly have to worry about? You're, you have no um, bills to pay. You don't have to go to work. You have to go, but school is a lot. School is a lot, especially, you know, from some kids who, don't have anything at home, don't eat or, or, or don't get to sleep at night because they don't know where they're going to sleep. Um, so they go to school, you know, in the same clothes they've been wearing all week and, you know, looking forward to lunch only could care less about learning because they want to eat lunch mm-hmm. or same as, you know, the kid that comes from a lot of money and mom and dad are always working. So they just buy them their love. You know, here's this. Oh, here's a new car. Here's an Xbox. Here's this. Here's the brand new iPhone. Here's this, you know, here's these new shoes. Well, they, that, those are great. They like those things, but they'd rather have your love. They'd rather have your attention and rather have you listen to them. Um, so I think there's just a, a great balance in that. And obviously not um, enabling them to walk all over you and, and things like that, but just loving them for who they are and understand that their their feelings and emotions are real, just as real as ours. What do you wish that churches knew and understood or did a little differently to connect with young people? I think the yeah, same, same thing. I think you know, if we, as far as the church, you know, we want, I feel like we, there's always a goal and like we have a number to reach. We've had, we had 20 salvations tonight. Well, who, like, yes, that, that's, that's great. We need salvation, but instead of having, you know, counting these 20 salvations, let's make sure that, you know, these five salvations are actually real salvations you know, pouring into them and, and and helping them understand what it is that they're making the decision for. You know, I think a lot of times we 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 share with them like, oh man, you know, you, you get Jesus and life is going to be great and all these things are going to change. And that's not true. You're still going to sustain hard times. You're still going to go through tough situations, but the difference is that Jesus is going to help you through them. As the church, you know, and we look too much at numbers. I think just a lot of ministries in general, we look at numbers like, oh, we, you know, we want to have, you know, X amount of salvations. We want to reach X amount of people. But, you know, when we, when we put those numbers, we're just striving for, for a check mark. And I think that's, and then the young people get lost in several churches, you know, oftentimes, you know, through high school. And then after high school, it's like, all right, we're done with you. We, we don't have no, we don't have no space for you. We don't have nothing more for you. You know, some, some churches have the college ministries and things, but a lot of them don't. I mean, a lot of these kids will go to these colleges and not have a strong faith. And then, you know, their professor challenges literally everything that they've ever been told. Not that they've understood it. They've just been told it and believed it because they didn't know any different. And so the, the professor literally shakes everything that they've ever learned and now they believe something entirely different and come back and challenge the, challenge the church. And then, you know, oh, well, this isn't real because, you know, I have hard facts on these things that my professor's shown me. He's given me evidence. He's proven to me that these are real. So their faith isn't deep. You know, it's always been maybe their parents' faith and, you know, or forced to go to youth group or forced to, you know, do this and that. So I think just to take that time um, and really dig in with them, you know, that, that mentoring, that one-on-one, that, that small group mentality is, is to help them understand and walk through life. You know, it's not just, you know, in the school year and then, all right, we're done. Hopefully I'll, hopefully you come back next year or hopefully I'm your teacher again next year, but we, we uh, remain in relationship with them through the school years and through the summers and be that support, show up and let them know, Hey, look, I'm in this for the long haul in church and out of church. You know, I want to have this relationship with you, just like Jesus, you know, with 
you know, built that relationship with people. He walked with the disciples for three years daily, all the time. He was with somebody unless he walked off um, to go pray. But he taught them everything that he knew through action and through word. And I think that's important because the kids are going to learn more through action than they do word. Exactly. Um, in our own life, we watched our son raised in a very solid home. And Jared shared his own story on our podcast in previous episodes. And, you know, we didn't expect that. It was our faith he was holding on to, and he hadn't made a full transition around what he wanted. And it, he knows in his heart what he believes and that he loves Jesus, but he got wrapped up in shame. And I think there's so many young people that come into our churches and they're looking for that relationship. And Jesus is our model of how to do youth work. He truly is our model of how to do youth work, to get to know, to care, to love, and to sacrifice and for young people. And I think that in our churches, we see this exodus, right? Around the college years, or even in high school, how their toes might be dipped in the water, but they're not all the way in. And right. we're seeing this exodus of these young people, young college, young professionals who are still trying to figure out what they need and how Jesus fits into that. And I just think that for me, my heart and passion is it's got to start in these youth years and the teen years. We've got to get them even before that we want to be laying this foundation, but this whole stage of development and they're figuring out this is the stage around 15, 16, maybe even 14 young people are starting to separate from their parents. And that's in like a home you know, maybe there are, maybe there are active parents, maybe there aren't parents and they've already separated ahead because nobody was investing in them. And that's that struggle that this is where they get to identify who they are and what they believe and and what type of relationship they want with Jesus. And if we're not there, if there's not a caring adult there introducing them to Jesus, to the gospel, somebody else will help introduce them to something else that will fill that space. I'd love to have you take a few minutes and talk about even if ministries. So this is just something we've we've had on our hearts um, for a while, long before it was even put together, long before um, we knew what it was going to be. And then, you know, through events in our life, it, it, it became more real to what it was supposed to be. Um, so, you know, like I like I shared, you know, my, my son who um, fell into a fire, you know, in that. Same, 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 same story where I got his name from in, in Daniel, in the book of Daniel was Azariah, which was uh, Abednego's Hebrew name. Well, Abednego, Shadrach and Meshach got put into a furnace for not uh, worshiping Nebuchadnezzar's statue. So, you know, in, in Daniel 3, they talk, they, they say, even if, you know, God doesn't deliver us from this fire, we won't bow down and worship any other God. And that's kind of been our motto in our marriage, really, you know, even if, you know, this doesn't go as planned, even if our baby isn't delivered, even if, you know, our son's hand doesn't ever heal properly, um, even if we we never see financial freedom, we, this, the list can go on, even if, even if um, we're still going to worship God. So that kind of became our name. And then we were just, you know, we actually got it tattooed. Both of us got it tattooed on our arms, um, even if. You know, just this, but God's been adding to it, so we didn't know what it was going to be like. And and you know, I've I've done a probably two episodes of a podcast that I want to continue to to do and add to the ministry. Um, just things that are on my heart. Um, so we added, you know, even if podcast, but then like clothing line. Um, 
we just started off making shirts and different things for around the house. But then we we're like, well, wait a minute, we can really use this. Like, let's make a statement line, you know, of, of who or a word that 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 describes somebody from what God did to them or did for them. One of the shirts I made uh, was called Adopted. It says adopted. And then, you know, it's, it's entered into glory with God. So, you know, being adopted, you know, can mean several different things that really speaks to me being adopted. But, you know, the Bible says that how we are adopted or grafted into the tree and in, in the family of God, you know, where we're aren't the true Hebrews of, of the Bible. But God allows us to come into his fold when we surrender to him through Jesus Christ. So I made another shirt you know, along the lines of, of speaking of who I was and finding my identity earlier, a uh, shirt that says no longer a statistic, you know, so just things that are very powerful that, 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 that proclaim something in our lives, you know, whether it's worthy or called or, or, you know, be loved, just so many different things that God calls us that really mean something and speak something to our story. There's that aspect of it. And then, you know, just, just you know, the, the ministering and, and the mentoring aspect of it. So just bringing it all together, and, and, and calling it even if what that looks like in the future, I don't know, you know, the plans of it, whatever God does with it is, is where we're going to go with it. So um, we're open, open to it right now, um, just whatever it may be. So we just we just we just, you know, want to love people um, the way God is calling us to and, and to be obedient to this this vision and this idea that he's given us. So, Well, I'm excited to watch how God grows it and how God uses you and just to see it make an impact in lives of young people and lives in your community. I'm going to drop a link to your Facebook page and our show notes, because I really want people to go ahead and check out Even If Ministries and get to know Adam and his wife, Stephanie, and their family a little bit more. Now, I always end my podcast, as you know, because you are a faithful listener. So I need to thank you for that, Adam. I'm a number one fan, I hope. <laughs> You know, I like to challenge our listeners. I don't want you just to listen. I want you to walk away with an action step or something you're going to do so that you can serve better and help engage more strongly with young people. So what is one thing you would challenge an adult or a youth worker, pastor, someone who's listening to this podcast? What is one thing you would challenge them to do in this next week to help them engage with young people? I would challenge them um, to find find a person, find a young person that you wouldn't typically uh, connect with, you know, someone that's not, doesn't have the same interest in you, maybe looks different than you, whatever, and invest into them. When I say invest, I mean, I mean, really invest, find out, you know, likes, interests, you know, things they like to do, who they really are, and then encourage them. And, 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 and then I encourage you to, to, uh, remain in relationship with them, you know, build with them, you know, become a mentor for them if, if it leads to that. All right, fellow youth workers, those are our marching orders this week, and I'm taking it seriously too. We are being encouraged to go out and connect with someone who we don't normally connect with for a young person and start to build a relationship and get to know them. As we wrap up our podcast today, I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you, Adam, for spending time with us, sharing your heart and your passion for young people. I wish you well in the work that you're doing. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.